How are you doing? Before we get into this podcast, do me a quick favor. If you could follow this podcast or share this with a friend, I'd greatly appreciate it. This podcast is about real world stuff with real world results. Each podcast, we will talk over a different topic, thought or belief that could be the solution to the struggles that we face. Let's introduce this episode. Welcome to the Impact Evolution Podcast. My goal with this podcast is to help support, guide, and motivate you through the twists and turns of life to produce more from your health and your future. I'm your host, Coach Andy James, and in episode 98, we're talking about stalling in your progress. What next? So a question that I get asked very frequently inside any of the the DM boxes, any of the inboxes, is I've been doing this for so long, Andy. Um, How can I move forward because I'm not seeing any progress? which is a very deep question to get into because you need to know quite a lot about somebody's lifestyle. You need to know a lot about what they've been doing, um, the approaches that they've been taking. So it can be a bit of a, a backwards and forwards conversation, but there's usually five key points that this boils down to. And that's what I want to be able to give you in this podcast today is the five key points that usually one or two of these are a bit of a miss um, or they've actually not even been factored into the approach. And this normally unlocks the next phases for you to be able to move forward. So If you do take value away from any of this podcast today, let me know about it. Screenshot it, post it onto your social media stories. Let me know that you've received something from this because I know for a fact that this helps a lot of people when I have these conversations. So let's quickly dive straight into it then. I'm not going to hang around. The first one is training. Obviously, this is something that most people will do moving forward. Now, under the brackets of training, how do we categorize this? Training to me is a form of output. It's It's a calorie expenditure. It doesn't have to be a physical in-gym thing. It can be a home thing. It could be steps. It could be steady-state cardio. However that looks for a person, training has to be one of the staples. It has to be one of the factors that we take into account. Now, if you've been performing at, say, a fairly high output for a set amount of time, but you've got to a point where you're questioning, do I need to be doing more? The reality is, is that it's not so much more, but could you be training more intensely possibly. Do you need, if you're training five days a week, you don't need to be doing six days a week. If you've got the availability to be able to do so, and also the energy to be able to do so, then possible. Yes, you could do that. But that's not always the best solution to move forward when it comes down to producing more from the training aspect of things. So trying to unpick what somebody's been doing for a while, and why they might have been stalling in progress with regards to training is usually a case of either intensity It's usually a case of programming. Are they actually doing enough to begin with? Or, which is one of the biggest ones that most people don't sort of, they don't catch on to at the very early stages is that their training program might actually not be set in line with the calorie deficit that they've been given. So they've kind of pulled a number out of the air for calorie deficit that they need. And then they've not factored into the actual energy expenditure that they're actually expending throughout the day. So it could be that, Although we are attending a gym or we're, we're getting steps in and we're burning calories, it might be that we're only in a two to 300 calorie deficit. Now, yes, for a long period of time, that's a great calorie deficit to be in. But if you wanted to see slightly quicker progress over a shorter period of time, sometimes they have to be a little bit steeper up to a 500 calorie deficit. Now, if you take into account that training in itself could might, it may only sort of burn two to 300 calories if you're only taking walking into a factor. and that might not be just enough for you to see the progress that you want to be able to be seeing. So you have to make sure that your training runs in line with nutrition. 
So it's not just about training more or doing more, but it's more about being smart with your training so that you're being effective with what you're giving energy to. Now, the next factor is nutrition. So it makes sense to kind of put these as the first one and the second one, just because they run hand in hand. Now, again, on the other side, if somebody's been eating well, and when I say well, I, I refer to well as being balanced. It should be, you should still be able to enjoy your weekend. You should still be able to have social events and have a normal kind of lifestyle. But that doesn't mean that you have to be ridiculously strict throughout the week and feel like you're restricting yourself from living a life as well. So nutrition has to be, it has to be built so that you can cooperate with what you want to be doing. Because a lot of the time, let's face it, most people fall at hurdles because they're being rebellious within the diet. And they want the result. They follow it for two or three days. Then something happens. I don't know, stress maybe kicks in. Maybe they go out for drinks with friends. Maybe they get invited to a party. So what's the point, eh? What's the point in following nutrition if I can't stick to it? Again, going hand in hand with training, you have to have your nutrition structured so that it gives you exactly the way you live in the sense of being flexible around what you like to do with your lifestyle. If you are the type of person that can restrict yourself for a 12-week period and you have the mindset and the capability to be able to do so, then yes, nutrition can be a little bit more on the drastic side of making uh, vast changes that you can adhere to for a long term. But it does that mean you're going to sustain those long term? Chances are maybe not. So again, nutrition has to be one that's unpicked in a way that is, it has to be unique to your approach, let's say. Now, you've probably heard all of this, you've probably been given all of this before in the past. But the reality is, is that the, the diet that you currently have is the one that you should learn how to use. You don't need to be changing diets and moving from fad diet to fad diet to try and figure out the thing that unlocks the secret. There is no secret. It's a calorie deficit. It just comes in a different methodology. It's a different application from a different structure of diet. Now, all, all that happens is, is that you're a bit able to adhere to one of those types of diets for a longer period of time. But what most people do is revert back to the way that they were doing things previously. So they were never educated around the diet that they currently have. Then they question, why am I regaining weight or why can't I seem to keep the weight off? And it's because it's an education factor. So nutrition is more about understanding what you need long term, not actually about calories and protein and carbohydrates and fats. They're all the small details, but they're all involved in any dieting approach that you take regardless. There's no, there's no one way that's different to another that produces a better result. It's just the one way that fits and works for you best. So if you knew more about the way that you were currently eating and the foods that you already enjoy, could you make better decisions around those so you could still enjoy them and still see a, a productive result? Yes, of course you can. So you have to be understanding that nutrition is more so about education. And if you're lacking education, chances are it's the willingness to not learn, which is what's holding you back. Not so much the diet in itself. I think a lot of people look for shortcuts. They look for tips and tricks. They look for cheap methods to be able to get from point A to point B with what they're asking for in the sense of a goal and a result. But the reality is that we all work the same. Our bodies work the same, and it's no different from one person to another in the sense of how that's produced. It's just an understanding what that person needs. That's the uniqueness. So although it's a bit of an umbrella approach and you've got many factors underneath the umbrella that are taken into account, the reality is, is that the approach has to be unique, yes, but it's still the same factors that are factored in for everybody else. So there is no excuse around I can't do. It's just more of a case of am I really 
willing to be educated about what I need. So that's the next thing. The third one is scheduling and planning. So one of the things I always find is kind of like with the rebellious side of things is when it comes down to scheduling and planning, it's one of the things that most people leave off. They don't factor into their week what they actually need. They kind of wing it through the week and say, um, yes, I'll attend the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. And Monday comes and they get to five o'clock. They're too tired. They use the excuse, I've been at work all day, I'm busy. And then all of a sudden, Monday doesn't happen. So they've got Wednesday and Friday. They don't move Monday to another day to make it up. It's just, I'll pick Tuesday, I'll pick Tuesday. that's a normal day. Right, Wednesday, here we go again, we'll try again. Try again being the, the word that I'm going to emphasize here, try again. Wednesday comes and it doesn't happen again. The scheduling and planning is as much of an importance as what it is to be training and having your nutrition on point because you have to know that you've got the time to facilitate what it is that you're looking to do. You can't be living a lifestyle and look to add on what a result is going to look like because there has to be changes made to the current lifestyle that you're living to facilitate that result. So if you're looking to add into the routine, training, nutrition, planning, everything that's needed in the requirements for you to produce a result, you're not actually taking time out of the day to give to what's actually required. You're actually looking to just slip it in somewhere and hope that it sort of leads you down the garden path and you get to the, the result at the end. Usually, I normally find that most people's scheduling and planning is one of the last things if, if actually it doesn't usually appear on the uh, the structure or the planning process of anybody's journey. It's just a case of, I know that I need to do this and I pick a Monday, it doesn't happen. So I pick a Tuesday, oh, it did happen. And you go into a training program and give the requirements, I want to train four days and you only show up for two days Then question, why is this not working for me? The reality is, is that the plan would have been worked out for you to, to be compliant with for four days. So when the schedule and the planning is there and it's I, I've given time to four days, now I know where that time is in the week. So a couple of things that you can do to help with scheduling and planning is one of the things I always get my clients to do is uh, an absolute ritual of mine as well as theirs now is we plan the week on a Sunday. And when I say we is that each individual is responsible for their own approach. They are accountable and they are responsible because they are their own time managers. Now, I, I support and I guide and I help them with structure. Yes. But effectively, they know where and when is best for them to be doing things. Now, if they don't do the Sunday, and this is a very common occurrence, especially around social events, bank holiday weekends, um, like holiday periods throughout the year. If that Sunday is missed, I can guarantee you, categorically guarantee you that that week does not execute the way the client intended. And why is that? It's because we didn't commit ourselves to the schedule that we said we were going to. So on a Sunday, we, we look at a plan for the week. We say, right, what time have I got? Where can I get my training in? What do I need to be accountable to? And it literally goes into a diary. I run a Google Calendar. This is something I'd advise you to do as well. Is I run a Google Calendar and I literally list everything that I need to do throughout the day in order of preference as well. That allows me to see what time I have physically available. And this runs my entire business, runs my personal life. Yes, it sounds like it's a little bit OCD and over the top, but... The reality is, is that when you're doing a lot of things, we overcompensate for time that we really have. So we give time away to things that we don't have, and then we ask for time back from things that's required that we can't give it to. So you have to be really, really mindful about the time that you've got because 
we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And I'm quite sure you've heard this analogy as well, is that you know, if the most ridiculously productive people in, on the face of this planet can produce what they can produce with their 24 hours, why can't we? And it's because they figured out their systems, their understanding of their planning. They know how to use their full 24 hours to the maximum capability. That's all that we need to do is just figure out what's going to work and where it fits in through the week so that we're not missing hours in places, procrastinating through minutes and hours throughout the day where we're not using anything of value. So be aware where you're spending time on your schedule and make sure you get a plan in place on a Sunday. The other one is time blocking. So time blocking is giving a block of time to a particular task or something that you have a requirement through the week and having that time blocked out through your calendar so that nothing interrupts it. Now, the biggest thing you have to do with planning and scheduling is respect. You have to respect the time and your commitments on your calendar. If you start moving things around and overlapping things, you might as well not run the calendar because all you're really doing is just now seeing where you're you're not accountable because you're double stacking things that shouldn't be double stacked. And reality is you need to be able to visually see how clear you've got everything mocked out throughout your day and be realistic with the time frame given to it. So scheduling and planning is the third thing. The fourth one is your routines. Now, these fall outside of the day-to-day planning and scheduling. And when I say routines, you've primarily got three. You've got your morning routine, you've got your evening routine, and then you've got your gym routine or your exercise routine, should I say. Now, your morning routine is the one that should set you up best for the day. Now, this looks different for every single person, and I've tried so many different ways to build a morning routine that worked for me. I've been up at 4.30 in the morning. I've done all the journaling, the meditations, the planning of a day, and all the motivation stuff to try and get you into a high peak state first thing. By the time 8 a.m. comes, I'm partially burnt out already. Um, but then I've done, I've gone the other way as well. And I've tried the latest start to the morning, but being more effective with the plan from the previous evening. So I've tried multiple different ways. I've finally found one that works best for me and keeps my energy at balance. And that's because it's unique to me and what I need from my life. How you go about your routines is the same for you. Some might like a coffee in the morning. Some might like a tea. Some might like to sit down. Some might like to go for a walk. It all depends, but what it should do is have you feeling good by the time your morning routine is complete. That morning routine can be down, it could be built from anything. It could be down to the the granular of I need to do X, Y, and Z before I get to work. Fantastic. Or it could be that you just need certain elements ticked off by, say, 9 a.m. in the morning to be at the best and physical peak state that you need to be in for that day. So whatever it does, it should serve a purpose to get you into a high, high high-valued, high-responsive state so that you can be in a peak state for the day. Now, the second one is your evening routine. This should be more of a wind-down routine. So this has the reverse effect of what your morning routine has. It should be decompressing from the day, reducing blue lights, time is spent on phones, iPads, TVs, those kind of things, getting the brain into a state of relax so that you can actually fall asleep and not feel sort of tension from the day, just a case of winding down. So make sure you've got a good evening routine in place as well that kind of reverses the effects of the day and allows you to get into a calm state before you sleep. And the other one is your gym routine. That's pretty straightforward. Have a plan in place, know what you're executing for, know what you're working towards, and make sure you carry a gym bag around with you at all times. And the last one then is health markers. So this is one of the biggest ones when it comes down to why am I not progressing? Why am I stalling? and I'm not seeing what it is that I want to see. Most people know about the training, they know about the nutrition, 
Some are aware of the scheduling and the planning. Most aren't aware of routines they help. But the biggest one is health markers. So hydration, stress, um, sleep and rest and all of the things that are factored outside of the realms of progress. Now, a lot of the things that we actually respond to are in the areas of recovery. So we're not actually gaining whilst we're in the gym. We're actually gaining from the recovery side of things. Now, if you're not giving any attention to the recovery, to rest, to hydration, to stress, you're actually slowing the process of your own result down. It's not about go, 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 do, 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 more, more, more. It should be about being more self-aware, being very smart with the approach that you're taking, being understanding and educated of what you're asking of the result, and be applicable in everything that you've learned rather than just, there's no point in understanding the knowledge and not applying it. There's no point in owning the book that's on the shelf and never reading it. So just be mindful about having all of this information. Are you actually using it? Are you paying attention to how much water you're consuming? When was the last time you did something for yourself on a self-care day? You know, how's the stress being managed in life? Be self-aware of all of these other areas that are outside of the realms of training and nutrition, because they're going to be the things that speed up your result more than anything else, especially sleep. If you're massively underestimating how much good quality sleep you're getting, first thing to do is address your sleep. Because I can guarantee you now that you will start to see a better result the second you address your sleep pattern. And that means that your sleep pattern should be somewhere in the region of seven to a maximum of nine hours. We don't need more than that. I've tried doing sub six hours and the body's just not functional. It really isn't. We think we can do more. It leads to very quick burnout. It leads to a lot of cloudiness, brain fog. We don't, we're not productive at all. So just be mindful about the sleep side of things. Make sure you're getting a good six and a half, seven hours bare minimum and sort of around the eight and a half, nine hours maximum. And outside of that, you will be very productive. So again, it matters where that sleep routine, that evening routine and that morning routine come into play because that's where the rest and recovery is going to aid and progress you through into moving past that plateau that you've been stuck in for a long time. I hope this one's helped you. If it has, like I say, take a screenshot of this episode and post it onto your stories and tag me in it just so that I know that you've watched it. Um, that being said, I appreciate you as always for being here. Thank you. Uh, and I'll catch you in the next podcast. Thank you. If you're still here at this point, thank you. I appreciate your support and I hope you got some value from this podcast. If you did, we grow by word of mouth. So sharing this podcast with a friend or to your social media profile would be a huge honor. Thanks again. Hope to catch you in the next one. Take care.